Shall we pray, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus? We thank you for hundred episodes of Renew Your Mind podcast. We thank you for your supply. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, your kindness, and your goodness. We thank you that you do not give up on us. We thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. We thank you that you have decided to call us your own. We thank you for how far you have brought us. We commit tonight's discussion into your hands. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Wow! We thank God for hundred episodes. I believe this episode is our hundredth episode, and it's amazing. I remember episode one very clearly. But we thank God for consistency. We thank God for His supply. We thank God that He has given us the opportunity to work for Him whilst we have the opportunity. He has given us the energy to be a witness for Him, even in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We thank God for this opportunity. And as we say, we humbly ask for more. We thank God, and we are continuing our study. On our short series, we titled "Don't Look at the Wind." Hey, don't look at the wind. And we have been considering the story or the incident that happened in Matthew chapter fourteen. So I just want to read it again. And as I always say, never get tired of reading the same portion of scripture over and over again. So verse twenty-three, Matthew fourteen, the verse number twenty-three. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up to the mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse twenty-four. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Verse twenty-five. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying. It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. You can just imagine the 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 sight. You are in in the turbulence around midnight, around three a.m. Then the wind is against your 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 ship or your boat. Then you see what looks like a ghost walking towards you. You can just imagine how terrified these people will be, and and they cried out and they cried out in fear. Just look at times when you are in your room and. Maybe you hang your shirt by the window, and the wind is blowing, and you wake up at dawn. <laughs> Mercy, and the Bible says in the verse twenty-six, and they cried out in fear. And as I said last week, look at verse twenty-seven. But straight away, Jesus spoke unto them, saying, "Be of good cheer; it is I. Be not afraid." This is one sure way of always identifying an angelic. Visitation, a godly visitation, it never impacts fear. Of course, the sight you may see may be scary. Just imagine Mary; she's there thinking about her young life as a teenager, 
Then the next thing she realizes a bean is standing in her room or at her window saying, Oh, Mary, thou highly favored woman. Of course, it will be terrifying. But then almost immediately, the next thing, the next sentence that always follows is not be not afraid. Then Peter said in verse 28, Peter answered and said, Lord, if indeed it is thou, bid me to come unto thee. I love Papa Peter. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down on the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. Hey, Papa Peter walked on water. Verse 30, but when he saw the wind boisterous, and is this first part of verse 30 where we are getting our title for the, the episode. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31, and immediately, I love the Bible. The first time when Jesus noticed fear, the Bible said, and straight away, and in the verse 31, after Peter was sinking, and he cried out, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? We thank God for the reading of his word. So last week we began our episode by titling, or that we titled, Don't Look at the Wind. And we explain what it means to look at Jesus. We give um, four or three implications of what it means to look at, not to look at the wind. It means that one, it means to look at Jesus. Not focusing on the wind is to focus on Jesus because you need something to focus on. And what you focus on would determine on whether you would walk on water or not. And last week we said that many a times we walk on water, but we don't even know it. Many a times we enjoy heavenly meal, manna, without even knowing. Many a times God sustains us. He pays our fees for us. He takes care for us. Look at the circumstances where you're surrounding your bed, surrounding your upkeep. And now you are an engineer. And now you have graduated. The Lord has been sustaining you. You have been walking on water. Peter was walking on water. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, automatically he began to notice the wind. And immediately he noticed the wind. The inevitable was that fear entered into him. Then he began to sing. So we looked at what it means to look at Jesus. And that was in last week's episode. So we are moving on. And we want to look at that want to um, um, further peruse the concept of looking at Jesus. And God gave an incident that happened in Numbers chapter 21, where God gave a similar instruction to the people of Israel. And we want to just peruse that scripture. Numbers 21, the verse number four. So you can take your Bibles and join us as we read the word of God. Numbers chapter 21, verse four following. And I read, And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the wind. We are perusing the scripture in the light of looking at Jesus and not looking at the wind. The Bible says that, And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compare the land of Edom and the soul of the people were much discouraged 
because of the way. Sometimes the journey will be long, frankly speaking. Sometimes the journey will be tiring. Sometimes the waiting period will stretch you. I can always imagine this man David. After he has been anointed as king, one would think that at least in a year's time, he should have been working in the corridors of power, training to be the next king. But we all know that was not how the story was like. You know, just some few years ago, my, my mom promised me something. And I've, been, I've not anticipated anything in my life than that thing my mom promised me. And it's just amazing. And I keep asking myself that, Charlie, if you know you are not ready, why did you make your promise? Eh? You have just come to whet my appetite. The wait can be long. The journey can be long. And I can just imagine the, the, the weariness on David's in spirit. You know, times he had to pretend to be mad. Times he had to be hiding in caves. Times he had to risk the life of his gallant men to bring him water. And this was a man that God had anointed to be king. Look at the times of Abraham as he changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. And for 25 years, he was calling himself the father of many nations. The journey is long. And the Bible said the people were discouraged because of the way. And tonight, we just want to remind ourselves that the journey to be that billionaire, the journey to be that dream that God has given you, the journey to realize that vision that God has given to you, the journey to accomplish the purposes of God for your life. It may be a long journey, but we are praying to God that we will not be discouraged. No one day I was, I think either I was listening to somebody and I was reading something about those social media people and how it took the person several years to get a particular number of, of, of followers or subscribers, I think it was a YouTube channel. And the person was narrating how he was posting video upon video, video upon video, video upon video. He has thousands of videos now on his channel. He posted about 100 videos and there was nothing substantial going on his channel. He did all sorts of maneuvers and the channel was growing at a very slow pace. Now he had about a million subscribers on YouTube. And he just looks back at the first video he produced. The times of consistency without result, but he was not discouraged. The verse 5. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. One of the things that the long journey has the tendency of doing is to speak against God and against Moses. Especially in this economy where you can finish school. with a, You did a very decent um, um, course. You had a very decent grade. And you just don't seem to find a decent job. The times you get your job, either the salary is terrible, the conditions are terrible, and you just realize that it is worth it is not worth working in such an organization with such a salary. And sometimes it may be years. You have told yourself that, oh, by the end of this year, when the year started, you encouraged yourself that this is my year, and the year is gradually getting to an end, and you are realizing that there is no, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. The tendency is for you to speak against God and even against the people who gave you the prophecies, people who gave you the encouragement. That you tell you always saying God knows best. Where is the God knows best God? And the Bible said because they were discouraged of the way, they spoke against God and against Moses. And they said, wherefore have you brought us up out, out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. For our soul is lost with this light bread. Hey, the people were complaining that we are tired of this manna. They called it light bread. That why did you bring us out of Egypt? Even though we were in slavery, we were eating well. 
even though we were in slavery, we had a variety of meals. Even though we were in slavery, we were not hungry. We were not feeding on light bread. And you are telling yourself that, oh, when I was a student, I was not going hungry. Now that I have graduated and I'm supposed to be working, I can barely make me ends meet. And your natural tendency is to remember times on campus, times at prayer meetings, when you were declaring that as for you, you would enjoy the good of the land. Times when you were proclaiming, times when you were so confident in God that immediately you finish school, you will get a decent job. You know, one day I was at work and I noticed that, hey, the number of women who are not married are more than the women who are married. And these are people that are far above um, uh, 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 in their late 20s and in their early 30s. And I just, I don't know, I just noticed that, hey, sometimes we see so many wedding invites almost every weekend. Somebody will update their status about somebody getting married and you think that people get married easily. But I think more people don't get married as compared to those who get married, especially at a particular age. And you are a wonderful, beautiful lady and you never thought that would be your story. But each and every passing year, you are celebrating your birthday and you are asking yourself, when I was not a good Christian, I was not lonely. I was not sad on my birthday. I had gifts on vows day. But now all I have is this light bread. Verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people much, and much people of Israel died. God did not appreciate the complaining and the murmuring of these people. Because God is asking himself that, were these not the very people that I parted the Red Sea before their very eyes? Are these not the very people that they do not sow, yet they reap? Are these not the very people that I give them water out of a rock? Are these not the very people that I clear of nations before them? And all they can do is to murmur and complain. Verse 7, therefore the people came to Moses and they said, Oh, we are sent. It's interesting how times of turbulence can let us know that we are sinning. How difficult moments, how times of being bitten can bring us to our senses. And therefore we have spoken against the Lord and have spoken against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he will take away the serpent from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And I love the instruction and that's our focus. The instruction that God gave to Moses for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fairy serpent and set it on a pole. Now serpents are biting these people. And God is telling the, the Moses that Make thee a fairy serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looked upon it, shall live. Hallelujah. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. We are talking about looking at Jesus. And this is when God gave a practical, or this scenario gives a practical um, situation where God applied the same principle. That if only you can keep your eyes on Jesus, you would keep walking on water. Now, serpents are biting these people. And God's remedy for the situation is that Moses should make a fairy serpent and hang it on the pole. And all that you are supposed to do 
is to look at the serpents. Now, before I give my commentary, I want to look at the statement Jesus made in reference to this scenario in John chapter 3, the verse number 14. John chapter 3, the verse number 14. Jesus speaking, let's have on the verse 13. And no man had ascended up unto heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Hey, Jesus was talking to Nicodemus and he's saying the Son of Man which is in heaven. We will leave this for another day. Now look at what Jesus is saying. And, then, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life remember numbers the bible said that whoever looked at the serpent live the solution to walking on water the solution to overcome the bites of the serpent is to look at jesus and jesus is giving us the reality of the shadow and i'm hoping that when i say things like this because you have listened to rightly dividing you would appreciate the terminologies of shadows types figures and the reality or the substance so when god was telling moses this he was casting a shadow of what would happen in the new testament remember it was the serpent in the garden of eden that brought up all this mess and the solution that god gave to moses you see the natural tendency is that if something should bite you, the natural tendency is for you to deal with what bites you. So if an ant has bitten you before, you would realize the speed at which you would peel the ant off your skin. If it's those big ants, I, I've had an encounter before, it's not pleasant. You would realize the speed at which you hold the ant and remove it from your skin. And depending on how angry you are, you would mash the ant to death. Imagine it's a serpent which is biting you. The natural tendency is for you to chase the serpent and deal with it. It's for you to use a cutlass, a stick, a rock. And I'm surprised that God did not tell them that all of you should pick up stones. And when the serpent bites you, just hit it on the head. I am surprised that God did not say, okay, tomorrow morning, I would wipe away all the serpents from your midst. Even though the serpents were present, even though the wind is boisterous, God is not silencing the wind, but he's giving you arsenals to overcome the wind. That is why whenever you read through revelations, Jesus speaking to the churches, he almost always ends with such a statement that he who overcomes, God is looking for overcomers god is not going to take away the serpent that's the unfortunate thing god is not going to silence the sea just yet but god is training us how to overcome serpents how to overcome contrary wind and the solution is not for you to be a master salesman the solution is not for you to know how to navigate the boat but the solution is to keep your eyes on jesus you can imagine how difficult this is that a serpent is biting you and all you are supposed to do is to keep your gaze on jesus as simple as this may sound it is very challenging and last week i gave you what it means to keep your eyes on jesus so i'm not going to go over that i gave you the three reasons or the three practical ways by which we keep our eyes on jesus and tonight god is reminding us 
that just as the solution to the serpent's bite in the wilderness was for them to look at the, the bronze or the brass, the snake of brass, so also the solution to the turbulence of life is to keep your eyes on the man on the middle cross. And Jesus said that whosoever would believe on him, it is your belief that will make him that will make you look at him, not to look at the wind. And whosoever looked at the serpent shall live. Make Jesus the reference point in your life. Make Jesus the focus in your life. Stop looking at the wind. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. And I read. The preacher is giving us some wisdom nuggets. And he says, um, let's start on verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Verse 4. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regarded the clouds shall not reap. This is a deep statement. You know, because naturally, it is going to be a very unwise thing to do, to sow your seeds when it is um, um, winter. So you need to obviously look at the weather and the conditions to sow a seed. I don't think when it is snowing, anybody will be going and digging hole and planting seeds. But Ecclesiastes is giving us an interesting hint to life. And he's saying that he that observeth the wind shall not sow your seed. And if you regard, if you take notice of the clouds, you shall not reap. Ecclesiastes is telling us the same thing. That stop looking at the wind. Stop considering the natural elements around you. Honey, if you are going to look at the family background you are coming from, if you are going to look at the educational background you had, I remember one time a politician's family member made a statement that people with university degrees from um, degrees from universities in America are being given certain positions. And you and the person mentioned universities in Ghana, then you with your certificate from so-and-so university, how dare you talk? And you see, these are people that are considering the wings to sow their seed. And you would have no chance to stake a claim among such people. But thank God for Jesus, who is not a respecter of persons, neither is he a respecter of your situation or the place you were born into. So if you are going to look at your academic qualifications, you do not match, you do not stand a claim. If you are going to look at your family background, your financial status, the economy of the nation, you are not going to achieve anything. So Ecclesiastes, the preacher is saying that if you consider the natural elements, you will not sow. And if you regard the clouds, you will not reap. You know, one day I was talking to a colleague, and this was a colleague who was telling me that, Charlie, when it comes to building, the only strategy is to start building. Because if you look at the way prices of building materials escalate every single moment, it's not about the current, it's not about what's happening globally now, but ever since. If you look at the price of land, the price of all these things, you will never build. But he, with his okay salary, he's amazed at the structure he has been able to put up. Because he's not considering the amount of his salary. He's not considering the state at which prices keep increasing and fluctuating left, right, center. But all he's considering is the word of the master that says, come. The winds are going contrary. You thought you would have been married by now. You thought you would have been in that car by now. 
you thought at least at least you have enjoyed a certain level of comfort but the winds are blowing hard against your ship tonight god's word to us is simple he's saying if only you can stop looking at the serpents and look to the brass serpent on the pole you shall live tonight's message i just want to encourage us that have a huge expectation of your life on jesus have you you see be expectant on what god will do in your life you see you sometimes um, um i give a story as, as my mom promised me something i i then appreciated what it means to be expectant of something you know that kind of moment if you have a a, a relative in europe and maybe you want that iphone or you want that gadget or you want that money and that uncle or that relative tells you that oh I will send you the money. You can almost imagine how expectant you would be. How whenever you see the person's message, you are always asking yourself, is this the day? Or whenever you wake up, you are always checking your screen waiting for that message or right now it is momo alert. <laughs> you are always expecting a momo alert. You know, especially if you're in Ghana and you do work for people and it's time for them to pay back. Oh my God, you have to be expectant. Always looking at your bank account. That is the kind of expectation you should have for on Jesus for your life. Be eager to see what God will do in your life because he has said come. Because he has said if you fix my eyes on you you shall live. And that was the expectation that Daniel had. That even though he was a subject of a war-torn nation, even though he was castrated even though he did not know where his family members are and as a young boy in the big city of babylon he had an expectation of what god would do in his life so he did not consider the threats of nebuchadnezzar he did not consider the good life in the university of babylon but he was expectant of what god would do in his life so he kept his gaze on jesus Joseph was expectant on how God would accomplish those two dreams. I, I can imagine the anxiety of Joseph. As he would just imagine, hey, when would the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bow down to me? When would the eleven sheaves bow down to my sheaves? That's the kind of expectation. You should look at Jesus with that kind of look. That Jesus, I can't wait to see what you will do in my life. I can't wait to see how you transform my life. I can't wait to see how you deliver me from these contrary winds. I can't wait to see how you deliver me from the bites of the serpents. All I know is that I am keeping my gaze on Jesus. I am keeping my focus on Jesus. I am not considering the winds that are blowing up against me. You see sometimes if you do calculations, I remember one day I was calculating my salary and say, "Hey, If I want to buy this thing, I would have to save for about seven years to eight years to nine years, and this is not touching my salary at all. Before I can purchase something, I said, "Hey, I refuse to look at the winds, but I look at the one who says I should come." So I said, "This message is in two parts. It's for those who are already walking on water, but are not noticing it. Keep walking on water, and the second part is for those who like Papa Peter." we have looked at the wind and immediately you consider the wind immediately you consider the nature of Ghana you are doing calculations by the time you finish school by the time you work for 10 years challenge 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 chale. you realize that it is not impossible but tonight you may be sinking because of the fear that the lack of a good job has impacted on you 
the fear of not getting of not being a missus or a mister by now the fear of which ill health has impacted onto you but just like peter the bible said that, and peter said lord save me and the bow oh, i love this and immediately jesus stretched forth his hand and delivered peter for everybody who is thinking god is reminding us that call upon me and i would answer you i will show you great and marvelous things that you do not know immediately jesus called the bible said jesus stretched forth his heart you may be been bamboozled by the winds of life that now you are collecting bribes at work that's now your attitude towards life is on a negative downward spiral you are like the Israelite because your journey is long you are beginning to complain and asking God that ah I have been I have left Egypt I have left Kukumba lettuce and all I'm getting is this lean meat this lean bread and you may be discouraged but God is saying that if you can keep your eyes on Jesus but if maybe you have allowed the serpent to bite you it is never too late god is saying that it is never too late to accomplish the purposes i have for your life if only you can scream and say lord save me and immediately jesus is more than and is always available to stretch forth his hand to deliver you even as this episode is our 100th episode we just want to remind you 10 years from now you know when i was watching a particular series and there's this detective he he partners with a, a citizen to help solve crimes and one day he told his two sons that Charlie I'm a policeman and Charlie I'm always solving crimes and they are bad people so if anything should happen to you he told them to memorize a particular number that was a friend the citizen who helps him solve cases and it was like whenever you are in trouble call this number and there was one time that their father was kidnapped two young boys and they called the number and and it was a done in the movie and when the person the the citizen picked the call it was a lady she said who is this and i like what the children said the children said my daddy gave me this number and he says whenever we are in trouble we should call you so tonight's message is to remind you that whenever you find yourself sinking because of unemployment whenever you find yourself sinking because of failed at ambitions because of buried seeds because of the frustration of life because of the delays of life because of the long journey of life whenever you find yourself discouraged i'm giving you a number to call and his name is jesus and just as peter god is ready to immediately respond to you you may not be in that season right now of your life things will be very good for you but this is the number i'm giving to you just as the detective gave to his children that whenever you are in trouble whenever you are in that situation and you just don't know how come you are sinking and you thought that marriage not marrying elin will not get to you you thought that oh as for you you can survive without a job because maybe your parents are taking care of you and you just look at your age it has been 10 years you have left school and there's nothing substantial in life that you can make reference to whenever you are in that dilemma to compromise on your feet the things you once said that you would never do whenever you are in such a fix i'm giving you a number to call I'm giving you a number to call. Call upon his name and immediately he would answer you. Our final scripture is in Psalm 91. 
the verse number eight psalm 91 the verse number eight and i read okay let's start from the verse 14 because he has set his love upon me therefore will i deliver him ah, and i will set him on high because he had known my name because you have my number when you call me i would respond even if i don't know you and you see these things mostly in movies sometimes uh, if a grand if a man is a spy and he doesn't want the children to know what's going on you tell the children Charlie, just call this number eh, whenever you're in trouble is it because you have known me my name there is a name that has been given among men by which men shall be saved and on this our hundredth episode i am giving you the name jesus that when you are in that season where you are sinking in life when the winds are blowing hard against your ship remember to call that name and it says because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name the verse 15 he shall call upon me and i would answer him i will be with him in trouble i would deliver him and i would honor him and then verse 16 with long life i will satisfy him and i'll show him my salvation ah, i love the audacity by which jesus or god speaks that's what I'm saying. That have huge expectations for what God will do in your life. I am eager to see what God will do in my life. I am eager to be walking on water amidst the boisterous winds. I am eager to be walking in the midst of the serpents because my eyes are on Jesus. My eyes are on the words he has given and the word to Peter is come. But the word for us today is call upon me and I will answer you. It's like when a bull or a bear has a bull. You know, whenever you are in that season, whether it's a good news or it's a bad news, the first thing you want to do is to pick up that phone and say, hey, Charlie, I've got in the job, or hey, Charlie, this, or hey, Charlie, that. God is saying, let me be your bull or your bay. God is saying, let me be the one you call. For in trouble, I will be with you. I will deliver you and I will honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. For there is a name given among men. So there is no other name given among men by which we shall be saved than the name of Jesus. And when Jesus held up Peter, he said, Oh, why this thou doubt? And James reminds us by saying that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And let not this man think that he would receive anything from God. Jesus said that anyone who looks at me and believes would have everlasting life. Believe that Jesus would do what he says he would do. Like Joseph, Potiphar may give you an option. Like Daniel, Pharaoh may give you an option. Like Hagar, like Abraham, Hagar or Sarah may give you an option. But let Jesus be your only option. You want to spend some time in prayer. You want to call upon the name of Jesus. For there is no name given among men by which we shall be saved by which we shall be saved from unemployment, by which we shall be saved from barrenness, by which we shall be saved from ill health, by which we shall be saved from loneliness, by which we shall be saved from the frustrations and the delays of life, by which we shall be saved from the long journey. The Bible says that the Israelites were worried because the journey was long. But there is a name above all names. 
There is a name that when we call on to immediately, he will respond. And tonight, we want to give you that name. We want to give you that number. And whenever you're in trouble, we want to just pray that Father, always remind us that we have the name of Jesus. Father, always remind us that we have, we cannot afford to sink in life because we have the name of Jesus. Father, always remind us that we cannot allow ourselves to be bamboozled by the serpent's bite because we have a bronze serpent that as long as we keep our eyes on him, we shall be saved. Father, always remind us that we have the name of Jesus, that in times when we are weary, in times when we are feeling faint, when we have no longer strength in us, in times when everything is closing in on us, in times when it looks like our ambitions and our dreams are only dreams, Father, may, we remind, may you remind us that we have a name and we have a person who's called Jesus, that we have that number we can always call in times of trouble. Lord, we call upon your name. Even in this season, when the world is going through hard economic crunch, when powerful nations are experiencing turmoil, how much more Africa, in times when it looks as though you cannot have cravings for anything else <laughs> than your daily bread. Hey, Father, may we not be subject to the turmoils of the wind that is blowing against our ship. But may we keep our eyes on Jesus. May we keep our focus on Jesus. May we not be filled with doubt. May we stop looking at the wind. Stop looking at your certificate. Stop looking at the economy. Stop looking at your family background. Stop looking at yourself. But look to the one who loved you enough to die for you. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. In this season of Easter, as we are remembering the death of Jesus, may we remember that He died so that He will not just be Emmanuel, God with us, but He will be God in us. The hope of a good life, the hope of everlasting life, the hope of eternal life, the hope of glory. Thank you for being with us for 100 episodes. And we are believing God for this journey. It's a long journey. We are believing God for grace and for His supply. That we will continually work the works of Him who has called us. We would continually work because when the day season of our lives, we would continually work because our only meat and our only desire and our only satisfaction is to do the will of Him who has sent us. Remember, to give God your very best and to make sure that you owe no man nothing but love. Stop looking at the wind and look at Jesus. Bye-bye. See you next week.